Welcome to Life Point today. If you're here for the first time, I really appreciate you coming and checking out our church. My name is Donnie Williams. I'm the lead pastor. I'd love to meet you after the service right down here in front of the stage. Just come down, introduce yourself, and tell me a little bit about your story and how you came to find yourself here at Life Point today. Well, we are in a series called The Story, where we're looking at God's big story from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end. And for the last several weeks, we've been kind of tracking behind this group of people called the Israelites in Scripture. If you've missed any of the first few weeks, you can go to our website, click on the story. There's a lot of resources to catch you up. You can watch the videos of the past, or if today's your only day here, each message is also standalone, so you'll be able to get a lot out of what we share from God's Word today as well. Right now, there's some Bibles coming down the aisles. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. The ushers will give you one of those. Yours to keep if you want it, or you can read along in there and leave it in the back on the way out. You can also follow along with me on the screen. All the scriptures are up there as well. So last week, we left our journeying people, the Israelites, as they were wandering in the desert. They had disobeyed God. They had made some huge mistakes. They had done what God told them not to do. They had complained, and God said, well, why don't you wander around the desert for 40 years? Think about it. So everybody 20 years old and older, they would die before they got to the promised land. And so today as we open up God's word to the next part of this story, God's people are camped on the banks of the Jordan River. And they had wandered for many years. In fact, take a look at this map. This map kind of shows where they are. They started out over in Egypt and just follow that red line all the way around. You see that one where it kind of goes up and back down. That's where the, the wandering took place. And now they're where that star is in Canaan, very near where Jerusalem is today. And they're camped on the, on the banks of the river, and here's what's going on. All the older people have died. This younger generation is there waiting for someone to lead them. Moses, their leader, has gone on. He's died. He's not going to get to go into the promised land. And so here are millions of people, no doubt, filled with fear. But if they are ever going to be able to do what God is calling them to do and receive the promises that God has made to them, they are going to have to push through that fear. Have you ever done anything in life that scared you to death, but you pushed through anyway, and you found out later, hey, I'm glad I pushed through that. I'm glad I pushed through the fear. I'm glad I didn't stop. I'm glad I didn't give up. Many years ago, I was sitting in my office, and I hear this huge crash out in front of the church where I was working at the time big crash. The youth pastor and I run out and we see this car that's hit this huge tree in front of the building and it's already burst into flames. And there's a woman inside. The airbags have gone off. She's unconscious and the car's all messed up and just flames are coming out from under the hood. And I, right then I had to make a decision. Am I going to push through what's scary? Because you know what happens when a car's in, in the movies. car's got flames and what's going to happen next? <laughs> And I didn't want to be anywhere near it, but there's a lady behind the wheel. And so I go, and I'm trying to figure out how to get her out of the car. She's kind of large, and I was trying to figure out how to get her out and pull her out. And the youth pastor was like having a panic attack. He was of no benefit to me at all. And so I pull her out of the car and pull her away from her, and it didn't explode. But had she stayed in that car, the smoke would have killed her, and eventually the flames would have gotten to her. And I had to make a decision. Am I going to go in spite of my fears... In spite of what may or may not make sense right now, am I going to push through and am I going to do what's going to, what I think saved this lady's life? 
And there are times in life when scary moments are upon us. When we're at a moment where we're thinking, oh no, what do I do? And we're scared. And if we just practice this one thing, we will be able to push through in spite of our fear. And today I'm going to be making some observations about what we're going to read about, and that's courage. See, courage is pushing forward in spite of your fears. Guys, when you were standing there, those of you who are married and you're, you're getting ready to ask her to marry you and your palms are sweaty and you got butterflies in your stomach, hopefully you just went through with it and you did it. And you didn't say, oh, never mind, I'm scared, not going to happen. And you've probably walked into your boss's office and said, I need a raise. And it's probably scary. Or you've gone home to tell the family, I've lost my job and, and we got to move but you pushed through anyway. And there are times in life that all of us have to push forward and go forward in spite of our fears. And that's courage. It's moving forward, even though you're scared, even though you don't know what's coming, it's moving forward anyway. And at the beginning of this story about God's people, when they're getting ready to cross the Jordan River over into the promised land, they don't have a leader but there's this guy, Joshua, who had been close to Moses since he was a little boy. And God calls upon him to lead his people now. Pick up where Moses left off and lead my people. And no doubt, Joshua probably had a bunch of questions because Moses for a time was not well-liked. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to leave him. He wanted to kill himself for a while. And he ended up actually disobeying God and not getting to go into the promised land. And here's God calling on Joshua to do this what had to be a very scary thing. And we pick up this story in Joshua chapter 1. Listen what God says to him. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea and in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors. See, Joshua needed to know that. He was getting ready to do something that was scary. He was getting ready to make a move that had to fill his heart with fear and God had to reassure him and say, I'm going to be with you. You can be strong and courageous no matter how it looks, no matter what you think it looks like out there, no matter how big the river looks or the giants look or how big of a journey you think this is going to be, be strong and courageous. Why? Because God says, I am with you. And that's what enables us to have courage that moves forward in the face of fear. There were a lot of unknowns in Joshua's life at this time. God knew he would be afraid. And he knew right now at this point in Joshua's life, he needed to know God would be with him. Every time I do a, a wedding ceremony and I officiate it, I, I write Joshua 1 into it. And I tell the couple about God promising Joshua never to leave him, never to forsake him, and how that's the promise they're making to each other as a couple. 
And God was making that promise to Joshua and eventually to all of us that says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. If you're not yet a follower of Christ, let that be one more thing that pulls you towards him, that makes him appealing to you because God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And see, Joshua, as he took charge of all these people, it's not like God was just looking around and going, hey, Josh, you'll do. You'll be fine. I'll take you. God started preparing him many, many years before. And if we could just look at our lives, because everybody's going to go through difficult times. Everybody's going to have challenges. Everybody's going to have things they're afraid of. But if we could just look at our lives as little stair steps to God preparing us for the life he has planned for us, it would change everything. Our courage could start to rise. And we could move forward in the spite of fear. I can remember on December 18th, 1995, when I stood in a hospital in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Molly was born, and they laid her there on the table, and I was just like, I did. I really did that. And I remember Cindy saying, pick her up. And I'm like, pick her up? What if I drop her? What if I break her? What if this happens? What if I bend her leg? What? And that scared me to death. But little by little, the nurse came in, and she assured me, no, babies don't break when you just pick them up. And... And I picked her up and I started to feed her and I started to learn how, okay, we can give her a bath and it doesn't hurt her. I can change her diaper and it doesn't hurt her. And it just took me a while, just little by little, every little step until I just do it, no problem. Get up in the middle of the night, take care of it, no issue at all, no fear at all. I wasn't looking at her like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I knew what to do because I'd taken these little steps. But that first step was scary. I can remember one time I went with one of our youth pastors to visit a middle school, he was going to see a student, and our girls were just little toddlers at the time, not even, not even in preschool yet. And he walked me in this middle school, and I was looking at all these kids, which, you know, they're pretty big, and, you know, they smelled bad, and I was like, there's no way my kids are going to middle school. I was looking at them little. I mean, that's my perspective. And I was thinking, we are homeschooling them forever. There's no way they're going to be around people like this. But little by little... I gained confidence as a parent. I understood my kids are good kids, and if I instilled the right values in them, they would do just fine in that horrible place called middle school. (laughs) And they did. And then when your kids are little and somebody says, just imagine, he'll be driving down the road one day in a car. You're probably thinking, oh, I don't think so. (laughs) Not going to happen. Both of mine drive now, and I don't think a thing about it. God prepares us like that. The little things that happen in life prepare us for what's next. And Joshua had been prepared for what was next because he had been following Moses around. He had been watching him. He had been learning for him. And if you think of what you're going through now, good and bad, it's God preparing you. That's how it works. Moving forward even when it doesn't make sense. Moving forward when you don't know the outcome. So what Joshua does, as soon as God tells him, I'll be with you, the first thing he does, he gathers everybody and they get ready to cross the Jordan River because they're not in the promised land. They can see it. It's just a cross and they can, they can see right across the river and Joshua's saying, it's time to cross. And they're, all the priests are there, the leaders of God's nation are there and they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which would have been God's sign with them. 
the sign that God was with them. And God had very specific instructions on how to carry the Ark of the Covenant. One of the things that was in the Ark of the Covenant was the Ten Commandments that Moses had received, God's book of law to them. And so the priests are standing there with the Ark of the Covenant and the river is all that separates them from the Promised Land. And it was the Jordan River, which is kind of like Falls of the Noose right up here. You can just wade across it. There's several places right now you could go today if you could do it without freezing. And you can just walk right across the river onto the other side. That's normally what the Jordan River looks like. But as we see from this next section of Scripture, that's not what it looked like that day. Joshua chapter 3, beginning at verse 15. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during the harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan on dry ground while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. So what stood between them and the promised land was this raging river. Now I imagine when they looked at it, they would have been filled with fear. What is going on? We've been in the desert 40 years. Nobody learned how to swim. How are we going to get across this river? And so the priests, by faith, stick their foot in the water and God starts working out of their sight in ways they don't understand, in places they don't even know about. God is working. And that's how God works in your life. Are you facing a raging river or something going on that you don't know how you're going to get through? You can trust that somewhere out there, God is working. He's out of your sight, working in ways that only He knows. Because of that, we can have courage in moving forward even when we can't see God working. So if you're wondering, where's God? I bet the Israelites were thinking that too. It's been 40 years and we're not going to be able to go because of a flood. We're going to have to stay on this side because the river's too deep. It's too swift. We can't do it. And you're probably facing something like that in your life, thinking, I can't do it. It's too much. But trust that God is with you and helping you move forward even when you don't see Him working. See, they saw a raging river and God just saw another way to prove His faithfulness to them. So know that God is at work upstream in your life. So they all cross. No doubt, they're high-fiving like, we did it, wow, we made it. We're across the Jordan it's great. Now let's go conquer this land. Let's go drive all these terrible pagans out because we are God's people. This was promised to our ancestor Abraham almost 500 years ago. Let's go. Let's party. I'm sure music was playing. There was dancing going on. Then Joshua says, hold on. There's one more thing you need to do before we start this journey. He describes it in Joshua 5 beginning at verse 2. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites. Now, what he's saying is, these people have been wandering in the desert. These are the children of the people who disobeyed me. So these, pe these, these guys will not have been circumcised, which is the sign of God's covenant with his people. Thank God the sign is not the same today. That's more like our sign is baptism. When we follow Christ in baptism, it's a sign that we've made a decision to follow Christ and seal the covenant with, in our relationship with Christ. But as they cross this river and they think they're getting ready to go and just throw down everybody and beat 
every army around, Joshua says, I got to circumcise all of you with these dull pieces of flint. And I'm sure there was some guys going, I'm out. <laughs> I am out. Or, 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 hey, did the women think of this? Because we don't like this. What's going on? This is going to make us incapacitated for a few days. Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to go through with this? There's no explanation from Joshua. But here's what we can know. That courage is moving forward even when it doesn't make sense. It probably did not, I guarantee it didn't make any sense to any of the guys in the army that they had to do this and for several days be bedridden. But they moved forward even though it didn't make sense. And there are times in life when God calls upon each of us to move forward even when it doesn't make sense. Even when the big question of why? Why is this happening? Why does it have to be this way? It doesn't make sense. But it's going to take courage to move forward. There are a couple ladies at our church who unfortunately both experienced either stillbirth or their, their children dying before they could bring them home from the hospital. And they started this ministry. They simply make prayer blankets for other families who have lost their babies. And they get delivered to them in the hospital. And even this week, a group of people gather here to make some blankets. And the stories that come away from that are amazing about how people receive this blanket knowing it's been prayed over and the comfort they find in that. And I'm sure when those two ladies lost their babies, they were asking, why? Why? Why did this have to happen? But with courage, they moved forward and they did something that's going to reach and touch other lives. Probably for many, many, many years to come. So courage is moving forward when you don't feel like it. It's moving forward when it doesn't make sense. Because God promised, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So the Israelites kept moving. They kept going. We tend to stop when life doesn't make sense, but they kept going. We tend to stop when it feels like this is too hard. I can't do this. I've lost my job. We've, the relationship's a wreck. I can't conquer this thing in my life and I quit. But courage says, I'm going to go anyway. I'm going to keep moving anyway. And listen to the next thing that happened to the Israelites. Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, as they get ready to, to start this battle, to start this fight. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. When they came up to the gates of Jericho, here's what they would have seen. They would have seen two walls of rock. The first one six feet thick, the second one 12 feet thick. No doubt in their minds they're thinking, you have got to be kidding me. Our ancestors, our parents wander in the desert for 40 years. We get by this raging river. Somehow the water stops. We walk through. Then Joshua shows up with this dull knife and says, we all have to be circumcised. And we go through that. And now here we are at this, with our army supposed to defeat their army and the walls are just too thick. We just can't do it. We just can't push past this. And I'm sure they're like, God, can you just give us a break? Come on. Just one little break. You've probably been like that in your life at times. It's like this goes wrong, you fix that, and then ten other things go wrong. You fix this car, then the other two cars mess up. 
You finally saved some money and then you got some medical bills. You finally think things are healthy in your marriage and then something with your kids all falls apart or the other way around. Or you go in and find out that you've lost your job and you think, okay, I give up. What's next? Can't I get a break? And as Israel learned, we have to learn it takes courage to overcome obstacles. And here's a question you need to ask yourself. What is my wall? What is it in life that looks like I can't win? That looks like it's six feet thick or 12 feet thick and there's no way I'm going to get past it because that's what they were thinking. How are we going to do this? Now God could have easily said, just get with all your might and go up and hit the wall, bust through it, and you'll, you'll be the victor. God didn't say that. He asked him to do something else that didn't make a lot of sense. March around the wall and do it every day. And when you get to the last day, march around it again seven more times and then blow a trumpet and the walls are going to fall down. And God defeated their enemy for them. He paved the way for them to be able and take possession, to go in and take possession of the land he had promised them. God did it. They obeyed. But the, all the work, all that came from God, all the protection came from God, all they had to do was obey what God told them to do. And when they did, they had a breakthrough moment. And as you're reading through this story, this comes from chapter 7, if you have that book. If you don't, you can get it out at the cafe today. You'll see that this was their breakthrough moment. After this moment, they started to win. And they started to defeat the other armies. And they started to occupy the land. And this one moment was a huge breakthrough. It was a defining moment. God provides those moments for us as well. And for some of us, our defining moment might be we finally just say, yes, I'm going to accept the message of Christ. I've kind of stood on the outside long enough and it's time for me to move forward and take that step. And maybe your breakthrough is just making the decision that I'm going to stop being afraid of whatever's out there and I'm going to push through with courage no matter what anything else looks like, no matter what I don't know about. I'm going to conquer my fears and I'm going to push forward and for some of you you just need to make the decision that you are going to walk through life courageously in the New Testament there's a verse by the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 that says I can do all this through him who gives me strength and the this he's talking about is I can endure I can get through the tough parts in life because I know where my strength come from, comes from. He would have said my strength comes from my relationship with Christ. And life may throw unpredictable things at me. Life may dealt me, deal me a really difficult blow. And I may have some hard times to walk through. And I may have some rebuilding to do in my life. But I know that through Christ, I can endure all of it. If Joshua and the Israelites had not been courageous, the story would have ended with them standing by a raging river, afraid to take a step. And many of you had lived your life standing by a raging river, afraid to take the next step. And only by courage are we able to just push all else aside and move forward. Courage is moving forward 
in spite of fear. And at the end of Joshua's life, he looked out at the people and he said, you need to choose who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. That's a 110-year-old man looking back at all of his life saying, when I see how faithful God has been up until today, when I see every time I've had courage how he's delivered me, when I see when I'm afraid and keep going and keep pushing and trust in him, I see how he fills my heart with courage. Joshua says, when I see that, I can't do anything else but serve him. And that's what he calls upon each of us to do, to have courage in spite of our fears. Take a look at this phrase on the screen. I want to do a little call and response. When I say, I'll say something and then you respond with that. So, do you struggle with doubts? You say, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Are there people in your life that accuse you? And God says, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Is the wall in front of you too high, too thick, too wide, too hard to get around? And God says, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Do you feel like there's something in your life that has continued to beat you down over and over again? God says to you, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Do you feel like you'll never be able to trust again? And God says, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Do you face a scary and uncertain future? God says, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Do you face difficulties with your, face difficulties with your health and you're wondering what's going to happen? God says to you, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Do you not know what's happening with your job or with your career or with your finances? God says, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Do you wonder how things are going to play out at home in relationships there? God says, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. If you feel like there are times, circumstances in life that are holding you back from being all that you can be, have courage and know that God says, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. God says, don't be afraid. Don't worry. Because I'm with you. Be strong and courageous.